morning. Go ahead, bless the Lord. Scriptures declare. The scriptures declare. If I had 10,000 tongues, it still wouldn't be enough to bless him for his goodness, for his mercy, and for his grace that is from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, we serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a great God. I just can't thank him enough. Oh, just thank the Lord this morning. Just thank him this morning. If you had food on your table this week, thank him. If you had clothes on your back this week, thank him. If you had gas in your car, thank him. If your tires made it one more day, thank him. You know you need new tires, but the Lord just somehow let you make it anyway. Just thank him. Thank him for your family. Thank you for your, your children. We just can't thank him enough. Oh, God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. But we do give the Lord a hand clap of praise for our ministry and music. Grateful that the Lord has definitely used them to bring us to his throne this morning. Amen. 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 Well, beloved, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Go ahead and dig into God's word as we continue to thank him this morning. Let us pray. O gracious and eternal Father, our most high God, we come this morning. We just stopped by to say thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies, new mercies. Every morning, Lord, you're so good, you're you give us new mercies. We don't have to live off of those old mercies. You give us new mercies every morning, new grace. Every breath we breathed last night, the first breath of this morning was new grace. And Father, for all of that, we just say thank you. Thank you for loving us even when we did not love you. Father, thank you for loving us in spite of ourselves, in spite of our foolishness, in spite of our brokenness. For you demonstrated your love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we didn't have to clean up before you fixed us up. Thank you, Lord, that we didn't have to get it right before you made it right. Father, thank you that you, you did something in our lives when we were not even thinking about you. Glory be to God for Christ Jesus. And Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit who indwells your people. Gives us the ability to recover and to pursue your design for our lives. Father, thank you one more time for allowing us to enter into the house of worship together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. To look upon them and to really say, it's so good to see you. So, Father, as we prepare to hear from you, Father, I beg that your spirit would be in this place. Father, apart from your spirit, we cannot hear. 
we cannot understand and we cannot be changed. So, Father, may you dwell within us, opening up our eyes and ears and softening our hard hearts. Father, I ask that you would catch someone off guard today. Someone who has entered into worship, determined not to hear from you. Determined to turn their back on you. They're just here because it's what they're supposed to do. Lord, catch them off guard. Show them the beauty of Christ Jesus. That they would be broken. And that they would come running this morning to your altar asking, what must I do to be saved? Father, may it be so. Father, I ask that you would give us grateful hearts and that we would serve out of the abundance which you have already given unto us. And Father, I ask that you would hide me behind your cross. You would take my foolish words and my foolishness and use them for your glory. For your name's sake, we do pray. In Jesus' matchless and mighty name, amen. 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 Greetings to you, Forest Baptist Church. It is indeed a privilege and honor to be with you once again. Uh, as I said before, and I say all the time, we can never take, the, take it for granted the privilege to be able to say it's good to see you again. All that is going on in the world, all that is taking place, we, we must live with hearts full of gratitude and appreciation never taking for granted that God has allowed us to see one another one more time, allowed us to gather into the house of worship one more time, and allowed us to participate in praises one more time. So I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to this church gathered at Forest Baptist, and as Thanksgiving is coming, we are certainly looking forward to this week. I need to find out who's cooking what. Make a list. I'll send you some aluminum foil. You ain't even got to buy none. (laughs) Praise God as we are heading into the holiday season. And even with that said, may we be a church uh, that uh, we know how to uh, celebrate and with those who celebrate. But let us also mourn with those who who would be mourning this holiday season. Maybe at the table there's one uh, chair that's not filled this year. We definitely want to extend our condolences to those who have lost a loved one, uh, but God's grace is sufficient. And may the Lord use you and I to be the hands and the feet and the arms of Jesus to embrace our brothers and sisters in this, in this time of, of celebration for many, but it may be time of mourning and, and hurt for them. God is enough. And God is good. And God is faithful, even in the midst. Well, beloved, as we prepare to Uh, head into this Thanksgiving season, I would like to direct our attention uh, towards the the, the heartbeat of Thanksgiving. Um, For the next uh, two weeks, we'll be stepping away from the Gospel of Matthew. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm I'm just really excited. Upon next Sunday, we have a very special guest speaker who will be bringing God's Word, our very own Uh, Brother Michael McGee will be preaching next Sunday. Uh, So we're grateful for what the Lord is doing in his life. And as he has expressed a call to pastoral ministry, 
Our prayer is that the Lord will use him here in a mighty way. So uh, uh, continue to have him in your prayers uh, this week. And you already know that that whenever we have a desire to serve the Lord, Satan gets busy. So not only be in prayer for him, but be in prayer for his bride and his two children. Uh, we give God um, uh, thanks and honor for on yesterday we was able to even celebrate Josiah's one year birthday. Um, so that was a, a special time. And I'm so grateful for all the children that we have in the midst and the life that the Lord is bringing to Forest Baptist Church. That means he's not done with us yet. He still has work for us to do. He is filling back up the ranks, soldiers for Christ. So we want to be faithful and good stewards of that. And then uh, in two weeks or so, we will have our uh, parenting commission, our parent commission. Um, and and just and, and just to explain what takes place during a a parenting commission is really an opportunity for parents to 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 make a covenant before the church and before God that we will raise our child up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Uh, this is not a baby sprinkling, a christening. There's nothing uh, 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 salvific in it, but really it's just the church gathering and around to touch and agree with you to say, Lord, we thank you for this life, and we we surrender this this child's life back to you to do as you please, and we will do everything possible to to remove hindrances and to remove stumbling blocks from the life of this child and hearing the gospel. So we will celebrate that on December 2nd. That is coming up. Well, beloved, heading into Thanksgiving, I do want us to reflect upon our theme for the month of November, Thanksgiving through giving. As we have heard from uh, special announcements this morning, that God is moving and God is constantly giving to us. He is constantly bestowing grace and he is constantly making uh, opportunities for us to to join him and and where he's already moving. Uh, All of that which we're bringing before you for this month, these are not new ministries that we have started. But the goal was to just look around and to see where God is already moving and to join him where he's moving. You ain't got to come up with a brand new ministry. Just join God where he's already moving, and he will use you in those areas. So if you would, just consider with me this morning this thing, thanksgiving through giving. What do you think that means? Thanksgiving through giving. Beloved, at its hardest, it's the reality, it's the reality, reality, That is one thing to say thank you for all that we have received. And we've received a lot. Beloved, I look out on you. You've received a lot. Beloved, you look good. Y'all come in matching, sugar sharp, from the head, from the the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. The Lord has blessed you. I see the cars that you drive. I know where uh, where your homes are. God, God is blessing you. God has blessed you with family. I think of the the legacy of Forest Baptist Church and the number of years that this church has been around as we celebrate 151 years of gospel ministry and how the Lord has been moving families through and and touching families here. We've been blessed. These doors could have closed a long time ago. 
But God has been kind. We have been blessed. The, the Lord continues to bless our fellowship. Each and every Sunday, we have the privilege and opportunity to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage one another and to lavish one another with love. One, uh, part of our reputation is the fact that Forest is a loving church. And we praise God for that. But yet, we don't want to become complacent in that. So it's one thing to say thank you to God for all of his blessing. But it's another thing to live thank you for all of God's blessing. To live thank you before God is to tangibly demonstrate an attitude of gratitude. It's easy to say thank you, Lord, but to still live in a selfish way. It's easy to say, thank you, Lord, for what you have given, but not be willing to share out of the abundance God has blessed. Beloved, God has done so much. And because God has done so much for me and for you, may we be compelled to think of ourselves less and to do more for others. The example that, that we look at going through the book of Matthew, we have been exposed to the kingdom of heaven and how it, within the kingdom of heaven, God has turned upside down the standards that we live by. See, this world can be called the, the kingdom of consumption. The kingdom of uh, you get all that you want, how much that you want, and, and, and you do whatever you want with it in the kingdom of consumption. In the kingdom of consumption, the, the most important person is I. The most important person is me. In the kingdom of consumption, it's all about what I want, how I want it, and when can I get it. The kingdom of consumption is like Black Friday early morning. You ain't trying to be nice and let people get to that deal before you get to it. You tripping old folks. You knocking people down trying to get what you want because it's all about me. But that's the kingdom of consumption, beloved. Well, we're always thinking about ourselves, not thinking about others. In the kingdom of consumption, the, the mantra or the motto is, give me more. Give me more of this and more of that. You just got some brand new Jordans. So why do you need the new pair? You just got the, the iPhone 10. How, how, how come you need the 10 plus? We, you just got a 61 inch. Why do you need a 72? We want more and more and more because we live in the kingdom of consumption. See, but, but, but Jesus enters into the scenario and John the Baptist tells us repent for why. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said a new world order is being established and you will not. Be able to live for yourself in my kingdom. Because in the kingdom of heaven, the center is not self, but the center is the Savior, Christ Jesus. Beloved, if everything in your life is all about you, then who do you really love besides yourself? We talk about Loving one another. 
Over 51 times in the New Testament, the Bible talks about one another. And these one another's is a demonstration of how we should live in the midst of one another. See, and I, I've said this before, that's an argument why Christians should be in the church. You can't you can be a Christian and not go to church. You can't be an obedient Christian and not go to church because you are not exercising the one another's. The one another's takes place within the body. We're, we're, we're loving one another. We're being kind to one another. We're serving one another. But if your calendar, if your schedule only revolves around you, what you got to do for your day, where you got to go, and your meetings, and, and your lunch, and, and all about you, if it's all about you, then really, who do you love besides yourself? And beloved, my argument is in the kingdom of consumption, in this world in which we live, we just love ourselves too much. There's been arguments in psychology that so many of the ills of the world is because people have low self-esteem. They, they don't love themselves enough. There's been the arguments why crime happens and why the, uh, uh, certain behaviors take place and in schools or why aren't the children achieving. And, this, and the answer uh, in the kingdom of consumption is, well, we just need to teach them to love themselves. You have to have good self-esteem. Beloved, I argue for the contrary. The issue is not that we need to love ourselves more. The issue is that we love ourselves too much. And when we think about thanksgiving through giving, we can't have the posture of, what's in it for me? Well, I, you know, I'll go to the community group tonight if they got dinner. You know, well, I, I, I'll go to midday Bible study if it's short. And, and we can begin to engage one another in all of life with a what's in it for me type mentality. What I'm getting out of it. That is not what the kingdom of heaven says. For the kingdom of heaven, God's mantra is not get more, but to give more, to serve more, to die to ourselves that Christ may be exalted in this world, and through our actions. Isn't that what the gospel is all about? At the center of the gospel is giving. At the center of the gospel is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God, God has given himself to us through the person and work of Jesus Christ that we might be reconciled to the Father through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. The center of the gospel is not a I go first, but Christ Jesus be exalted. And if you are living a, in, a, in a life or you're functioning in a little world, your little kingdom, where you are the center, you, you, you have everything twisted because Christ is the center of all things. Revelation tells us that everyone will be gathered around his throne. His, 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 his mighty throne is at the center of the universe. Jesus needs to be the center of our hearts. And giving is at the center of the gospel. This morning, what we're going to do is uh, more topical than normal. But what I want us to do is to walk through the scriptures. And I pray that the Lord will bring us conviction. And that he will show us just how little we love others and how much we love ourselves. But that we would repent and the Lord would use us for his purposes. Thanksgiving through giving is the challenge that you, that, that you give to others 
out of the abundance Jesus has given to you. That's the challenge. Give to others out of the abundance Jesus has given to you. This principle is found all through scripture. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts, the 20th chapter. You don't have to stand. We're going to go through a, a number of different scriptures, but Acts, the 20th chapter. Paul makes this principle plain. He just lays it out plain for us. Acts, the 20th chapter, verse, verses 32 through 35. Luke records Paul's uh, uh, words, and he says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We, we are receiving this divine inheritance through Christ Jesus. He, we, we have the riches of heaven because of what Christ Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. So because out of, that, out of that, that feeling, out of that abundance, out of all that God has given in his inheritance, Paul goes on to say, I covet no one's silver or gold or apparel. I don't need your stuff. My daddy got bank. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. But in verse 35, he says, in all things I have shown, I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must what? Help the weak and what? And remember the words of the Lord Jesus how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Beloved, that's in the Bible. You know, we get our catchphrases that we say, you know, it's, it's more blessed to give than receive. That's in the Bible. The Lord helped those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. But this is one of those things that's in the Bible. What, what is he saying? That, that, the, the kingdom of heaven has a paradigm that, that says don't always look to get because uh, true life's fulfillment is giving. Beloved, I believe that's the fulfillment of Ephesians 2.10 where, 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 where the apostle tells us our command for we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. We're, we have been created to do good in the world. We have been created to give to others. You, aren't, you have not been created to be a black hole for everybody's pocketbook. I'm sorry. I ain't trying to step on nobody's toes this morning. But if you always receiving and you never giving, then you got the kingdom of heaven messed up. Because the text says it is better to what? Give than receive. Beloved, I believe that's how God, he, he orchestrated us. He, that's in our DNA. That's why it feels so good to do something for other people. That's why it feels so good to help at a thir uh, Thanksgiving Day giveaway. It, it feels good to, to help people to their car. It feels good to, to do the right things. Why? We've been created for good works. Now, where we get it twisted is that even though God provided the opportunity for good works, we want the recognition. That's where we get it twisted. But we've been created for good works. We are called to be a to be salt and light 
in a dark world. We are, we are the preserving agent. We are the ones who run to the help. He, what, is, what, is the, what does the text say? You work with your own hands. Not for your own bank account, but what does it say? To help the weak. Thanksgiving through giving, this, this Christian walk is not all about ourselves. So here in Acts, the 20th chapter, this is what we do. This is how we live. But then turn with me to the Galatians, the sixth chapter, because not only do we see in Scripture what we do, we see to whom we do it for. Galatians, the sixth chapter. Verses 9 through 10, the Apostle Paul reports, and he says this, And let us not grow weary of what? Doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Oh, I'm so tired of these folks. They get on my nerves at the job, my school, my teachers get on my nerves. I'm, done. I, I'm through with them. He says, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Fulfilling your call of why God created you. But then he says in verse 10. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? Everyone. And especially, let me, let me stop right there. Everyone. Not just someone. Not just the people we think are deserving of our goodness. Not just our, our clique, not just our crew, not just our age, not just our race, not just our, our intellectual, intellectual capacity, not just folks who look like us. Do good to everyone. God doesn't put a limitation on who you should do good to. You do good to friends and families. The kingdom of heaven actually says you do good to those who are your enemies. Well, those folks, you be like, they need to get my name out their mouth. Those folks who got your name in their mouth, be good to them. Be good to everyone. See, see so there's, there's, this, there's this massive display of whom we should be good to. But I love the text. This is, I love how the text, it says you be good to everyone. But you better be good to family. You ever heard that? You may be good to everybody out there. But if you ain't taking care of home, you ain't doing right. And he says this, let us do good to everyone, verse 10, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. What are we to do? It's better to give than receive. So who do we do it to? Everyone, especially. At, look, look to your left and look to your right. Especially those who are of the household of faith. Beloved, you better not be better to folks outside the church than folks in, inside the church. You running and, and helping and serving everybody else outside the church, and you ain't helping your brother and sister inside the church. Shame on you. Shame on you for not, being, for not really loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
You come in on Sunday morning and, ra and raise holy hands together and you leave out and you don't think about us the next Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is supposed to be a Thanksgiving message. That you'll be happy. Like we about to eat. You know, you know, like, <laughs> Beloved, if we can't take care of one another, who can we really take care of? Especially those who are the household of faith. So when a need arises within the church, within the body, we don't look to anyone else to take care of that need. You take care of that need. You serve that need. You do something with the gifts and the abundance that God has given. Don't, don't wait for, for so-and-so. He'll take care of it. You, beloved, now I'm meddling. Don't wait for Deacon Todd to fix everything around here. Because he's always fixed everything around here. We are participating in this together. Jesus even tells uh, uh, in Luke, in Matthew 12, Jesus is teaching, and they, and they come to the door, and they say, Jesus, your, your mama and your brothers and sisters are outside, and they talk about his biological family. And then Jesus flips the script, then who is my brothers and sisters? But those who serve the God in heaven, that's your real family. Your real family is the family that you get to meet on this side of glory, but you get to take with you for eternity. Whom do we serve? Whom do we give to? Especially those who are the household of faith. If there's a need within the body, we need to be filling that need. So, beloved, how many needs in the body have you ever served? One of the blessings about Forest Baptist Church is we are a loving family. And we are a giving family. We are a sacrificial family. And many needs are met in the church. But you know what? There's a, there, there's a lot of needs here. And there's, a, there's, there's room to spread that around. So the same people aren't meeting the needs every single week. How many needs are you meeting in the church here at Forest Baptist Church? Not only does the text show us what we need to do or to, to whom we, we need to do this, but the text, I love it. He tells us why we need to do this. Turn with me to John, the 13th chapter. John, the 13th chapter. Beginning with the 34th verse, Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. And what does he say? He says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Why? Why are we to love one another? Verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Why do we give to one another? Why do we serve one another? So the onlooking world will say that's something different about them people. There's something strange about them. And, and, and when they begin to ask, why do y'all live like y'all live? That's not your real mama. Them ain't your real cousins. 
Why do you love them like that? That's not your real son, your real daughter. Why do you serve them like that? Because God is glorified when I love my brothers and sisters. We love one another. We serve one another, not because it's something good to do, not because it's something just fun to do. We do this out of obedience for the Lord and because we want to make Jesus famous. We are living in such a way that people will take note and, uh, and, and, and know that, man, they don't just leave one another to themselves. You know, when I, when I was serving in youth ministry, uh, and even now to a certain extent, whenever we would go somewhere, I would, I would make sure I was the first person off and the last person on. Because the whole thought is you never want to leave a man behind. That's the military. You, you never leave a man behind. But, beloved, if we're so worried about ourselves, if we're loving ourselves so much, when, well, when, 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 when things go down, then we're going to be running trying to take care of ourselves and not looking back to see who may have fallen down. As we run this Christian race, as we go along on this journey, there's brothers and sisters that have fallen along the way. Look out amongst you. You know where they used to sit. They used to show up on Sunday mornings. They don't show up anymore. And, and we so worried trying to live our own life that we don't reach back and pick up our brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so who's fallen along the way. When, when we are giving, we are serving, and we are looking out for those who may have fallen to reach back to make sure no man is left behind. But, beloved, that's not even the text. Because there is another aspect of giving that I want us to consider this morning. The giving of not just our stuff, but the giving of ourselves through selfless living. In other words, because Jesus has given himself to us, we give ourselves to others. Because Jesus has given himself to us, we give ourselves to others. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to produce in us a servant's heart, a selflessness by which we live in day by day. So for the rest of our time this morning, oh, I, will, I was about to say I won't be long. I'm not making that promise. Uh, for the rest of our time together, let us focus on just one more passage. Turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians, the second chapter, beginning with verse 1. I love hearing those pages turn. There's nothing wrong with those device clicks either. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Philippians 2. Verses 1 through 11, the word of God reads, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God hath highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This word comes to us that we would be Christ's representatives and that we would walk in humility with one another. In verse 1, we see the theme that we've been talking about. The reason why we give thanksgiving is because of the abundance that Jesus has already given. Look at what he's saying. He's saying, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, what, what the, the phrasing he's using, he could, he could easily just say, because there's encouragement there with y'all. Because there's comfort and, and love. And, and because the spirit is with you. And because there's affection and sympathy. Because God has given you so much. Because the spirit is dwelling with you. Because you have these rich friendships and you have these rich relationships. And because God has, has filled up your cup that is overflowing. Because of those things, we are to move. So when we think about giving of ourselves, give of yourself for the sake of abundance. Because God has given you so much, that's why we ought to give too. It's not that we, that we don't have nothing to offer. Number one, if you are in Christ Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift. You at least got one gift. Now, whether you exercise it or not, that's on you. But, but God has given you at least one gift. He's equipped you to be a blessing. Not for you just to consume, just to be here Sunday in and Sunday out. God has given all of us so much. How dare we not give out of what he has given unto us? Beloved, my time on missions has taught me so much about the world and how much, we, we, how much abundance we just have in the United States. The very fact that we can walk through a supermarket is a blessing of abundance. And even this past week, we, we've encountered what I call a first world problem. Your power went out. That's a first world problem. Because in most places in the world, they ain't got power. They ain't got running water. They, they don't sit on the commode and flush and it's gone. It, it don't happen like that in most places. Those are first world issues, first world problems, not having power. God has given us so much in America, but as I look out, we do so little with so much. We need to be giving of ourselves out of the abundance that God has already blessed you with. And you like, God ain't giving me nothing. You got breath in your lungs, and you in your right mind this morning. 
if you're in your right mind, God has, if you're in your right mind and your lips can move, then God has given you the privilege to speak of him to someone else. You got something to offer. Quickly through this text, not only does do we give of yourself out of the sake of abundance, but give of yourself for the sake of oneness. For the sake of oneness. Verse 2. So out of that abundance, what, what is his desire? He says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Beloved, what he's saying is that when we begin to live a selfless life, selflessness produces unity within the body. Selfishness produces conflict and confusion. That's what we that's what we see in the text. Whenever whenever someone uh, begins uh, walking in selfishness, it, it, it brings conflict. It brings tension. But he says, uh, because God has given you so much, seek to have the same mind, the same love and, and, and full of core. And, and, and what is that mind? Do we all just sit and agree that we have a certain strategy uh, of impact to the community? Do we sit and agree that we that we have the same Sunday school curriculum? No, the same mind is the motivation is the reason why we show up is because Jesus is king and he says, go ye therefore and make disciples. See, when 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 God's mission becomes our mission, then all the the ancillary stuff don't matter. When, when, when God gives us the mission to go and make disciples and we all have buy in and says, you know what? God called me to be a disciple maker. Then we ain't worried about what color the chairs are. We ain't worried about uh, what the pulpit looks like. We ain't worried about, uh, well, I, I ain't get to teach this week or I ain't get no snacks in my class. We ain't worried about all that extra stuff. When, when God is the mission and we all buy into the mission, he's saying that is when we are of one mind. And of the same love. Don't major in the minors. Major in the heartbeat of God. Who has given the church to make, mark, and mature disciples for Christ. Lastly from this text. Give of yourself for the sake of another. Give of yourself for the sake of another. Verses 3 and 4. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I don't know if I even need to say much there. Because Paul is really saying, stop thinking so highly of yourself. Selfish ambition, that word can be translated vain glory, vain glory, empty glory. That when you when you are pursuing glory, when when you are trying to make a whole bunch about yourself, you really ain't got much to make of yourself. That's why it's vain glory. The only person that that is is is, is the recipient of all glory is the one who is actually to do something to bring glory. That's Jesus Christ himself. So the text is saying, stop thinking so highly of yourself. Yeah, you may be smart. Yeah, you might can teach. Yeah, you might give a little bit. Yeah, you look good on Sunday. Your house ain't in it all chaos, and, and you do things pretty right. But don't think so highly of yourself because it's really not about you. You take everything that God has given, and you begin to serve others with that. Because pride breeds selfishness. Oh, I'm better than them. I'm smarter than them. I'm sweeter than them. Why don't they pick me? 
They should have chose me. I could have did that better. Pride breeds selfishness, which breeds sin, and sin produces separation within the body of Christ. But, beloved, selflessness produces sacrifice. If I ain't worried about me, I ain't worried about the accolades, I ain't worried about the pay, I ain't worried about the benefits, but my, my motivation is the mission of Christ. If I just seek to serve faithfully, then you know what? That I'm going to sacrifice some stuff. I ain't going to be able to hang out all night Saturday night because I got to get up for Sunday school. I got, I got to pay attention to who my friends are. I can't just hang with everybody because a little leaven leavens a whole lump. I can't just be all buck wild on Facebook because I'm representing Christ Jesus. Excuse me, y'all don't do that on y'all Facebook. But on Twitter, y'all just can't be blasting folks on Twitter because I represent Jesus Christ. Sacrifice is the selfless life. I can't do what I want to do all the time. I can't go where I want to go and act how I want to act. I have to submit myself to the authority of Christ Jesus and obey his commandments. That's what it means to be selfless. I ain't worried about what you got. I ain't worried about what you did. I'm just worried about how can I serve you today. Can I get that door? You need me to teach a class. I need to give. Whatever you need, pastor. Whatever you need, deacon. Because I, I, I just want the body to thrive because I know we're on mission together. Beloved, but that only happens when you realize that you can work out of the abundance which God has already given you. You not on E. We're not taking your last blessing. But when you give with an open hand, that God knows he can put more in your hand because you ain't trying to keep it to yourself. Sometimes you you worried about why you struggling. Why you why why I'm always on my knuckles? Because your knuckles are already always closed. God wants to use you as a vessel, as a hose to bless the folks around you. You need to open up your life. You need to open up your hand, and God will pour out through you to be a blessing to others. God ain't give you nothing because he can't trust you with it. Verses 5 through 11, we're not going to dig in, but we give of yourself for the sake of Jesus. He says, this is how you should live, but I ain't going to leave you fumbling in the dark. I'm going to give you the example that you need. And our ultimate example is always Christ Jesus, the one who left glory. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He, he wasn't worried about all his glory. He wasn't worried about hanging on to it. But he was willing to let it all go in order that he would come and he would take upon the form of a servant. He took upon himself human flesh and he became one of us and he walked with us and he talked with us and he experienced everything that we experienced. And he did that out of a selfless love. He sacrificed his life. He, he walked humbly, even though he, he was the one that really had everything about him, but he still walked humbly. And he gave his life as a sacrifice that we may be reconciled to God. And what does the text say? Because of his humility, because he laid down his life, because he went low, God the Father is going to raise him high. And the text says that his name is going to be above every name. 
There's nobody named who's going to be above his name. He says that at his name, every knee should bow. Everyone is going to bow down to Jesus Christ. Everyone's going to have to lay low in front of Jesus Christ because no matter what you bring to the table, you don't bring the cross crucified. I don't care how sweet you are. You ain't get up on the third day. I don't care how much power you got at the job. You don't got all power in your hand. I don't care who's on your right hand side because the father ain't on your right hand. He has all power. So we serve that Jesus will be exalted. Ultimately, Jesus doesn't want us to give our stuff. Jesus wants us to give ourselves. So, beloved, let me finish out with just three ways we can live out Thanksgiving through giving. Quickly, three ways we can live out Thanksgiving through giving. The first way we can live this out is give your time. Give your time. I call this ministry of presence. You just got to you just got to be present. You have to show up in people's lives. You 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 have to come around the body more than just Sunday mornings. At least start coming to Sunday school. Y'all like Sunday school? Yes, yeah, Sunday school at 9:30. We got a class for you. You need to make time for the body of Christ. You make time to hang with everybody else but your brothers and sisters in the church. Make Clear your calendar. We all busy. But guess what? You always do what you really want to do, though, don't you? Make room in your calendar. Don't overschedule yourself. Slow down so you can have a ministry of presence. And then secondly, give your talents. Give your talents. I call this ministry of practice. Because God has uniquely gifted every single one of you. If you belong to Jesus Christ, he has given you a spiritual gift. Stop hogging it to yourself to make money on your job. There are so many ways that you can serve here at the church. We need teachers. We need police officers. We need doctors. We need nurses. We need trash men. We need uh, fast food. Work. We need whatever. You're, we need people who can draw, people who can sing, people who can play an instrument, people who can dance. We need you to begin to exercise your gifting here. I refuse to capitulate to the 80-20 rule where they say, 20% uh, uh, of the people do 80% of the work. I refuse to believe that because my God does the impossible. And, and I won't stop championing this until we get 100% participation where you are locked and loaded and engaged for the kingdom of God here at Forest Baptist Church. If you remember here, I expect you to work. If you remember, I expect you to work. As a matter of fact, I don't, I don't want to hold it over your head. I'm going to start asking, uh, how you doing today? Yeah, where you serve? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, good to see you. Oh, where you headed? Where you about to serve? Oh, yeah, and I don't, so don't start running from me when y'all see me coming because I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. How, 
how are you serving us? Because if you ain't serving us, then you don't love us. You love yourself. And it ain't got to be big things. You ain't got to preach. You ain't got to be an usher. You ain't got to be in the kitchen. Why don't you be the person who brings the snacks and just hang them on the door? Why, why don't you help the Sundays? They got all that material they passing out today. How much easier would it been if we had 10 people passing out material this morning? It ain't big stuff. Why don't you come in at 915 and straighten up the roads for us before we come sit down? It ain't big stuff. But you need to do something. Because why? Not because I'm telling you, but because our Savior has demonstrated what it looks like to be a doer. Thirdly, give your treasure. Give your treasure. I call this ministry of provision. And the bottom line is give financially. Give financially. Give to the body of Christ. Give to those who are in need. There are so many needs. And if we, and if we really just became faithful stewards of our money, so I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. So Christmas is coming, y'all. Black Friday coming, y'all. If you don't got the money in the bank, don't buy it. Don't buy it. You got credit card debt right now. Don't buy it. Yes, your children are beautiful and they cute. But they ain't got to have every brand new game. They ain't got to have every console. When you stretch yourself financially, now you can't be a blessing to the body of Christ because you ain't got no money. If as a people we begin to live below our means, then we can supernaturally impact the kingdom of God. So you know what? This one hit me personally this week, and I ain't, I ain't going to lie, family. I was mad. I was mad. So I've been checking on Sonia, our missionary. Y'all remember Sonia Stewart, short Sonia, sweet? We, so we sent her from, from Forest Baptist Church as a missionary to, to Malawi. And I've been checking in on her. I'm like, okay, Sonia, uh, let us know how you're doing, and uh, make sure you send us a newsletter and then make sure you let me know what your financial support looks like. And because we want to make sure you you are fully supported, right? So th in order for her to be fully supported, all she needs is four hundred dollars a month, right? And we sent her off and we said, we got you. We gonna hold then ain't that what we said? We said, we got you, and we're gonna hold the line. Ain't that what we said? Okay. So she sent me the email and she said, Pastor Nate, I'm just gonna be real with you. It's been hard. Because I've only been able to raise $66.47. She got a whole church backing her, and the best we can do is $66.47? She across the ocean by herself doing gospel ministry, and she can't even count on her church family? If 40 people just committed to giving $10 a month, still be fully funded. 40 people. That, you know what that means? You get to sacrifice coffee two times a week. 
Maybe instead of going to McDonald's today or eating out, you, you cook dinner at home. You know what $10 is? Two hot and reddies. Ain't that what it is? I was sick. And I said, you know what? Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Beloved, before we do anything, before we do anything else here to serve ourselves, we're going to serve someone else. I mean, we, we got the Christmas party coming and we got the musical coming. But we are not having another program at this church until we learn how to support others. Forty people. Ten dollars a month. That's what we're asking. She has her, her flyers in the back of where you can you can mail in a check or or what, the, what we do with the bishops, we, I went online, and they have the automatic, uh, uh, where they take the automatic deduction monthly. But we can do better. We're, when you give anybody your time, your talents, and your treasure, that's, it, those are indicators of true love. Because I could just say you, I love you and not spend any time with you. Not give give my talents to you and not give you money. But when I love you, you're going to see me around. I'm going to give you my giftings and I'm going to give you my wife. That's what genuine love looks like. Beloved, the mark of true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. James 4, 1 through 2 reminds us that all conflict rises out of selfishness. But, beloved, because you and I were, were both brought forth in iniquity, this, this sin-stained flesh will always want to be satisfied rather than serve. So even though I may want to do better, I, I want to do better, and I can't do better on my own. This is why we look to Christ Jesus. We look to Christ Jesus because, because Jesus emptied himself. Because Jesus humbled himself. Because Jesus was obedient to the point of death that those who are in Christ can be empty. And those who are in Christ can be humble. And those who are in Christ can, be sacri can sacrifice our lives because our life is hidden in Christ Jesus. And when he died, we died. And when he rose, we rose with him. The scriptures remind us it's the goodness of it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. How about the Lord use you to demonstrate kindness to someone who needs repentance? Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for the power that's in your word. I ask that you would transform us from the inside out to make us look more like you and that we would give of ourselves even as we celebrate this Thanksgiving season. Lord, help us to be broken. Help us to be obedient to your call to look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Lord, have mercy and have your way. We love and we thank you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we do pray. Amen.